the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, and especially you, the family of our dearly departed sister, Miss Gail, grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus. Amen. The words of St. Paul, which we just heard from 2 Corinthians 5, and with a sobering reminder that most folks would rather not think about. We will be judged for the things done in our body, whether good or bad. Certainly such a warning should compel us to do good rather than bad. But the reason Gail made it her aim to please the Lord and to be such a blessing to all of us is not because she was afraid of God's judgment, she was not running from God when she served us. She wasn't trying to earn something against a bad conscience. She had a good conscience. She did not seek to please out of fear of judgment. Gail was confident that she was already pleasing to God for the sake of her Savior, Jesus Christ. Certainly, Gail believed that God punishes sin. The Bible clearly teaches this. Here are a couple examples that make it quite clear. It is appointed for men to die once, but after, that, after this, the judgment. And a little after that verse, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And so it is. We sin in our bodies. The wages of sin is death. That's what the Bible says. And that's why our bodies die. And our souls are judged. Our dear sister has died. Our friend. Your mother and grandmother and your wife has died. She has quit her earthly tent, so to speak. Her soul has fallen into the hands of the living God. What folks avoid thinking about for fear of judgment is something that folks are forced to think about at a time like this, or at least they have to try harder to ignore it or explain it away or come up with some reason to carry on, lest it all prove too heavy and reality prove too cruel. But we don't need to do any such thing. There is no need at all. We can be confident too. Gail is with the Lord. Her Lord is the living God. This is a safe place for Gail to be, not a fearful place. It is a very happy place for Gail to be. She is not fearful right now. She is confident. She is confident now for the same reason that she was confident while living. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, her Lord shepherded her and led her to know him as the living God who became true man in order to live a holy life under the law, to suffer death and to die and be buried for her. And yet he lives. He died for her sins and rose again. The God in whose hands her soul has fallen, no, into whose arms angels have tenderly carried her by God's own command. This is the God who died for her sins and rose again for her justification. He is the God who bore all judgment against her on the cross and who now alone possesses all right to judge. And what does he do with this right? He doesn't judge her. 
She has passed from death to life. She knew this. Jesus promised her this. Her life was in him. Her life is in him. He does not judge her. He comforts her. He clothes her in himself. Who can judge him who judges? Gail is in him who judges. And he does not judge her. She is in the safest place there can be. Her life was in him before, too. He didn't judge her while she lived. He rescued her. He made her a new creation. Old things passed away. That's why she loved him while she lived. She cried out to him in need. She had judged herself. She needed salvation from sin. She applied God's holy law to herself and learned of a need that she could not fill. She learned to judge herself from God's word that she might not be judged. She needed to find rest that she could not find in herself. She served and loved and worked and she found no reward on earth. But in many cases, spite and abuse and ingratitude instead. This world is full of sorrow. She found that she was not in control of it. All she could do to be the best person she could be could not bring serenity to her life or peace to her soul. And it couldn't change the world. This world is full of sorrow. And the source of sorrow is not found in others alone. It is found in us. It is found in our sin. It is found in the weary and futile quest to find peace on earth where we establish it on our own. But it is never found. We can only appeal to we we can only appeal to what we deserve when we seek it on earth, and that's why it can never satisfy. But Gail learned to appeal to what Christ had earned for her. Gail cried out to the God she knew and had known, although she at times had strayed from him. But God called her back. He extended his loving arms. He inclined his ear to her and heard her. So she cried out to him for the rest of her life. She remained in need of Jesus, and Jesus remained her Savior and Shepherd and God. She loved him. Jesus, her Lord, died for her. She trusted in him. He taught her. She lived in him by faith. Now her soul still lives with him in heaven. Now, if, if this all sounds quaint and nice, and just sweet enough to make us feel a little bit better, let us now consider how it is much more than that. It must be. To hear our loved ones praised will, of course, ease our sorrow a little. It's nice to know that she was loved. But we need more than to know she was loved by those who cannot conquer death. We need to know that she was loved by him who can. So let us consider more. Because what we are addressing today is more than just tears and sadness. What we are dealing with is the cause of all tears and sadness. And we must seize the opportunity to address it because it is something that all of us must face too. And we cannot honestly face the sorrow that this death has brought into our lives simply by asserting either good things about Gail or good things about the fate she experiences now. No, 
For how will that possibly comfort us when we ourselves are dying? Is that what faith does? Does it assert wishes into dreamy reality to stave off despair? No. No, we must know the truth. And we must discover it even in the depths of woe by knowing who it is to whom we may cry in time of need. Or why else would the Father, the gracious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has conquered death, permit now such sorrow to befall us, except to lead us all to consider more than just how we will cope? Cope? What, move on? Get over it until it hurts less? No. Oh no, get over Gale? God forbid. What comfort is there in that? No, God leads us now by this untimely death to consider what our hope is too. To consider what is more than good thoughts to drive away the pain and sadness, but to consider the great truth that has saved our dear Gale from sin, death, and hell, and that has dried all her tears. This truth saves us too and will bring us back to her where our tears are dried. Our dearly beloved has died. Death is such a bad thing. What sentimental platitudes can we dare permit to comfort us now? No, dear people. We need the truth. We need the basis for Gail's confidence. We need the source of her kindness, an easy heart, and willingness to serve and love. We need the source of it. We need what compelled her to be so good. She is good. We need what will make us confident too, not in our goodness, but in God's. When one is suffering tremendously, we imagine that death is our friend. It brings an end to pain. But the relief we seek in this sadness we now face is not to be found in desperate gratitude to an enemy that was torturing Gale and has so kindly finally stopped. What thanks do we owe death? No. For one, Gale was not tortured. Before sudden decline took her, we knew her as bounding in energy and joy. If she was suffering, pardon my ignorance, please, she didn't let it on, let on. She was more concerned with comforting others and helping than with whining about her own troubles. But the relief we seek now is also more than that Gale is not suffering. She was willing to suffer. She was a fighter. She was willing to suffer inconvenience when health was good. She was willing to patiently bear whatever she had to, biting her lip and carrying on and praying for the ones she loved and the ones who were hard to love because she knew that she was serving people she loved by doing all of this. No, we don't think death for finally just doing what death does. Gail was willing to suffer, and death did her no favors thereby. Death wasn't her friend. Death was her enemy. And death is your enemy. Death took her from us. We hate death. We make no peace with death. And you do no wrong to cry. But Gail knew this. Sin is death. Because God is life. She hated her sin. She didn't confess her sins to you. She didn't have some morbid fascination and preoccupation with guilt. 
This is not what I mean by saying that she knew and hated her sin. I mean that she confessed it to God. And God heard her. She knew this because she heard God. And she, she did not make peace with death. Death is bad. But she made peace with dying because Jesus, by dying and rising for her as her Savior from sin and judgment, had turned her death into the gateway to everlasting life in heaven. He made peace for her by his blood. She saw what good came out of death to conquer death. The reason I chose these words of God from St. Paul's second epistle to the Corinthians today is first of all because of how fitting they are for us to consider under the circumstances. Gail's body has died. Her body no longer clothes her soul. But her soul is not there by unclothed. Gail was clothed in Christ by faith. As we opened this service in holy baptism, Gail Elaine was clothed with the robe of Christ's righteousness that covered all her sins. Gail is more clothed now than ever. Gail had the desire to be with the Lord. When she prayed for recovery and eagerly desired it, when we prayed with her and for her and dearly wanted her back, it was not because what she has now is worse than what she had before. Not at all. It is because what we have now is worse than what we had before. She loved us. She told me to tell everyone before she fell asleep two weeks ago that she loves you. She wanted you to know it. Or did Gail want to live for her own amusement and pleasure? What? Because she wanted to remain in her earthly tent? Because she loved herself? Is that how she lived well with us? No. She did not make it her aim to please herself, but to please us and to please her Lord. And for this, we loved her back. It was for our sake that she desired to live, not for her own. Her life was secure in Christ, and she knew that. And it was for her sake that God chose what was better for her, because her life is still secure in Christ. So the second reason I chose these words from 2 Corinthians is because, of these, is because these words and the words that immediately follow with them, we learn how to find God's good and gracious will, not just towards Gail, who now experiences purest and endless joy, but also toward us. So that it might not actually be worse for us. The hope that Gail died with, and by which she now lives forever, awaiting only the resurrection of her body and the life of the world to come, the hope that Gail had and has is for you to be reconciled to God, the Apostle says right after our lesson. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He has given us the gospel to hear and believe. He has given us that good news whereby he clothes us with the same righteousness that clothes Gail. The gospel doesn't require anything of you. The gospel gives what Jesus has won for you. Believe it. What did Gail do in her life to render back to God for all his benefits to her? How did she repay him? 
How could she? And how can you? What sacrifices of thanksgiving do we offer? We read in Psalm 116, I will take the cup of salvation. That's how I will give thanks. I will call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of his people in the courts of the Lord's house in the midst of you, O Jerusalem. And this is how Gael rendered back to the Lord. She drank deeply of the salvation he had given her. Her cup overflowed. And the more she drank, the more she had, and the more there is for you. For she praised the Lord in the midst of Jerusalem, in the midst of God's people, in the Lord's house where the Lord's sheep and lambs gather by green pastures and still waters to hear the gospel that gives them peace and safety and eternal life and the forgiveness of their sins. This is the midst of Jerusalem. It is where Jesus continually serves us and prepares a table before us in the presence of your enemies. Gail's soul returned to her rest. And though we no longer get to hear her voice, which we dearly miss, yet the Lord hears her continual prayers that our souls return to our rest too. For though her voice is now silent on earth, it is not silent in the ears of her Father. And the voice of her Savior, God, is not silent to us. Be reconciled to him. Pay your vows. Drink deeply of this peace that Gail now loves more than ever. Return to your rest. Find refuge and peace in the wounds of Christ. For he was wounded for you. The third reason I chose these words from 2 Corinthians 5 is because 11 months ago I had chosen a confirmation verse for Gail, Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. It certainly fit her. She was not ashamed. She had strayed from hearing the gospel, and she had come back to hear it, and to publicly confirm her faith again. But Gail wrote me a day or two before she was confirmed, last February, and asked if she could choose her own confirmation verse. A new one, one different from when she was first confirmed. And the words she chose came from this chapter, words that brought her great comfort. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, Behold, all things have become new. The death that took Gail, along with any sin that ever burdened her conscience or pain and heartbreak that ever robbed her of joy, all things that pertain to this life of restless sin and grief, all these things had passed away. Long before she died, all things were already new. What could death make old for her? She had Jesus. She had while living what she has now. Rest. Rest from labor. Rest from proving herself to God or anyone. Rest from sin. Rest from sadness. She was a new creation in Christ. God created all things by speaking, and God will judge all men by speaking. 
But before he comes, he speaks his word to us who need dearly for old things to pass away. Gale has not passed away. Only what is old passes away. Her body has died, but she will rise again. She lives, and the word that gives her life gives you life too. What else can comfort us than that which will never pass away? Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of them that sleep. In Jesus' name, amen. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus unto everlasting life. Amen.